Hey everyone out there in podcast land, it's Justin with a quick disclaimer about this week's episode. While we're here to have a good time, we want to make it clear that we don't intend to make light of the tragic events surrounding the making of the film Rust. Our discussions are meant purely for entertainment purposes and aren't intended to minimize the seriousness of that situation. Our hearts do go out to all those affected and we hope to provide a moment of escape without disrespecting the victims and the gravity of real world events. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show gray areas still to some of this you know like for example alec baldwin to this day swears up and down he never pulled a trigger even though the fbi looking at the gun said that there's no way this gun could have gone off without a trigger pull so what, do we want to save this you, you want to intro go ahead save all that yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Joe, Joe's like, yeah. wrap it up, dude. No, I'm just saying, this is good. Like, you started going. I was like, right. this is good. Okay, all right. So, without further ado. Greetings and salutations, Filmarinos. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am your MC, Jed Props, and I am joined by... Um, let's go this way. The extraordinary Justin Sound. Hey there. Mr. Chris A.D. Hello. Ms. Zoe Props. Hello. And Mr. Joe A.D. Bye. All right. So today we are going to kind of do a little special uh, this week where we're going to uh, do a deep dive into the tragedy that is the movie production of this thing called Rust. If you are somehow not familiar with the movie... It hasn't been released yet at the time of this recording, but uh, it's that thing where Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed the cinematographer, uh, Helena Hutchins, and I apologize if I'm not saying that correctly, and wounded the director, uh, Joel Souza, on the film set of a low-budget Western being made in 2021. I know they recently came back and finished that movie, I think in a whole other state. Oh, did they? I believe so. Mm-hmm. And it's in the can, as they say. But it's a terrible tragedy. It's a very rare tragedy that happens in our industry. And, you know, uh, Brandon Lee, the crow, is a very infamous one. But really, it's it's only happened a handful of times over the years, uh, remarkably. And we have a lot of safety protocols in place to protect the actor and the crew for a lot of these things. And so because we have two ADs and two prop people here, I thought it would be an interesting exploration for us uh, to kind of get to the core of the mess, kind of explain uh, what, how it's supposed to go in a normal world, and then all the insane things that had to go wrong. Because it wasn't just one thing that went wrong, it was several things that went wrong. So, that said, this show is a low-budget show. It was a, a Tier 1, and uh, we're going to get into explaining what a Tier 1 is, and talk about low-budget filmmaking first. So, to get us going, open question to the group, anyone can start. What do you know, remember, or think you know about the Rust incident? Mm, I I was under the understanding that the armorer and the uh, prop master were, were pretty young. Was were, one person. Yeah, okay. One person. Yeah. And was young and rather inexperienced. And then, of course, I've heard rumors of, like, sabotage and things like that which i'm i don't really uh, yeah i believe uh, uh, baldwin himself uh, suggested that at one point yeah which like i'm not really believing that i'm i'm chalking it up to being young inexperienced and in a pretty intimidating uh i, 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 
I don't know. I've I've never been an armorer before. I've I uh, might have that wrong too. I don't know if it was one person, but I can actually answer that. There, oh. there was a okay. prop master and the armor, and then there was a prop assistant of some kind. Okay. okay. Yeah, and I I mean Probably I heard a prop PA. <laughs> yeah, I heard rumors of like maybe the armorer not getting on with the prop master. Um I I I why there were real bullets on set. I've no idea. That seems very wrong and incorrect and should not be a thing at all. Yes, why live ammunition. But yeah, the end film set. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh, that yeah, that's my understanding is that it, young 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 and inexperienced. I don't know anything about the AD and what that person's experience uh, was and who that person was the first AD that should, or, you know, really any of the ADs on the set, but that's, yeah, my I'm going to sort of refrain. I do, I think I know somebody who indirectly knows mm-hmm. that AD, so I'm going to refrain about talking about that as much as yeah. I can, but I think I, I you know, I've heard the, a lot of the similar stuff and then just sort of that very murky, similar to the Brandon Lee thing is like, you know, when a trauma happens like that, it can get really just like, what happened, you know? But yeah. similar to something like the Brandon Lee thing was like a, and if I that's hazy too, but like a rehearsal kind of setting and setting up the shot. They weren't rolling, so it wasn't like running around, bang, bang, shoot him up, and somebody was accidentally shot or, or anything like that, but that the gun was inappropriately loaded somehow. I think Brandon Lee was a plug. Loose plug came out of the gun. Uh, in the him, uh, something like the that. Brandon Lee long short was that they were in two units and the guns were being passed back and forth between the units in kind of a chaotic sense Ooh. and they weren't being properly cleaned. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And as I understand it, uh, the um, because um, um, a, a film uh, load, um, uh, we, we'll say quarter, half full, referring to the amount of gunpowder in it, for the bang and the flash on the quarter uh, quietest half. Yes, generally. Bang. And um, and something was stuck in one of the barrels, and that's still even though there's not a projectile, there's still gunpowder, and that basically turned that scrap of whatever into a projectile, which then went to Brandon Lee. Was at, enough of a projectile? As I understand it. Yeah. And the, but this was what I heard about Rust was that this was like a bullet, like. If I'm not mistaken, it was a bullet, and they were setting up the shot, and it was something where Alec Baldwin was, I, it was like up on him or something like that, and it was kind of like say your prayers moment or something like that. And he was <laughs> and he was setting up to kind of like where do you want the gun kind of thing, and I'll say this, and then I'll when I say this line, I'll pull the trigger, and then and it fired, and it actually went off, and it went off, and and and, and the, the as I understand it from what I was able to um, research, the the shot was him aiming at camera. Straight in the lens kind of thing. Right. Okay. So so um, in a rehearsal when you're not being, you know, you know, they're they're lining up the shot, they're getting all that stuff going. So you're not being as rigidly technical. So the actor's probably like, You want me to you want me to point here? Because generally you don't point right at the camera, you kinda cheat it to the left or the right. Sure. And um, uh, another safety thing. Um, but as as the reports go, as he was going up to aim, he had a cross draw, which is going across your body to pull. And uh, and then he was pulling it out to camera, kind of like, so I'm going to pull the gun out like this, and bang, it goes off, apparently. Uh, magically, uh, as um, Baldwin to this day has said that he did not pull the trigger. Uh, the FBI um, report on the uh, gun, it was a, a Colt for... Um, Six shooter or something. Yeah, a classic six shooter. Like a, it wouldn't be a, is that a forty-five? But 
they said that that there's no way that gun could have gone off without pulling the trigger. That's basically. a wheel gun, baby. So, yeah. But yeah, y'all are correct. Uh, live ammo, real bullets, had somehow gotten into the mix. If you look at some of the pictures that I included on our notes, uh, you can actually see the FBI photos of how insanely haphazardly the rounds were. Dummy um, uh, film loads, no, no projectile, and live ammunition was all mixed together in buckets, on floors, and I mean, just all kinds of, uh, I mean, it was just coming out of nooks and crannies on this truck. And you can look at it and see that this was not a, uh, uh, oh, I see. a well <laughs> organized or well handled thing. So, you know, getting into the why was there live ammo even there? I mean, that's something that I think it's hard for us to get into because we, we, you know, we, we don't know all the circumstances. There's rumors, and I, I'm sure everybody heard that, that, uh, some members of the crew had shooting gone range. with her like the night before shooting the, the prop guns with live ammo. Um, yeah, that, those are the things I wanted to be careful with too. Is like because the rumors, are, yeah, like or I heard they were like they were like, hey, keep it down over there, guys, and like they're you know grips and electrics, everybody taking turns like, bam, 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 like oh, shooting wow. like cans off of fences like <laughs> oh my God. right over there by the working trucks kind of thing or something. Like, I, I bet that's got a lot of bullshit in there right right so we, we don't know that to be fact or anything like that but um let's see maybe chris uh, you want to speak a little to low budget world like uh i know he just <laughs> frowned when i said that like a uh, i don't, budget I don't do that <laughs> You're like, no i'm good full rate <laughs> yeah so like like what are the trade-offs with low budget the incentives uh you don't have to obviously go into great detail but why why even have a low budget you know I mean, low budget really is just, you know, you have a story that you want to tell and there's not enough money to get everything done. So you do a, a low budget picture. And usually that means that maybe some unions are involved and some are not. Uh, but, you know, the one thing about a low budget is that, like, it does have a feeling that this is freer. There is... um there's a lot more leeway. Um, you are usually going to do your job and a little bit more of stuff that isn't necessarily your job. And sometimes things can kind of get um, combined. Departments can get uh, combined. And, and and various titles kind of get blurred. So um, some people absolutely love it because um, there's not as many constraints. There's not as many bureaucracies kind of involved and there's not necessarily such a rigid hierarchy as there normally is on like on big budget things. But with that, and it's not all the time, but I mean like sometimes um, a tragedy like this reminds you that, you know, it's good to have some of these systems in place and it's good not to blur all the lines and yeah. Um, which is not to say that this is a normal thing that happens on low budget things. This is not normal at all. And like, that's really like the bottom line for this entire thing was um, there are so many protocols that are in place that, that I just don't even understand at all. Still, even after I've heard some things after I've heard facts and after I've heard all the rumors, I still don't understand how any of it happened. 
And most importantly, I just don't understand how there was live ammo on a film set. Doesn't make any sense at all. Should never have been there. I don't get it. And I actually thought that I had no idea that Baldwin might have suggested that this was sabotage, but that was my first thought mm. was that this sounds like somebody literally put a live round in there to get Baldwin to kill someone. Mm. Like, I don't see any other way that it could have happened given what it is that we normally do on film sets. And this is one of the 20 murky threads of the whole thing. <laughs> right. like, of like, yeah. Pick your, this... pick your Reddit thread to deep dive on. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, the, uh, that was something when I first heard about it, I actually kind of thought it was sort of like the Brandon Lee thing where it was some kind of man malfunctioning, uh, cleaning, something of that nature. Some sure. kind of, cause those guns, I mean, those are essentially the original, you know, versions of the modern handguns. And this, this is supposed to be, we can kind of say real quick that this, this is supposed to be 1880s and fun world uh, and trivia of uh, gun world is the civil war was also the introduction of the cartridge that became the bullet and pre-civil war is still black powder and i've worked on some stuff that is dated as pre-civil war but dps hate uh, black powder effects because it messes with their shots if they're in tighter shots and things like that so uh, they're they're like maybe we can just say they already had cartridges you know uh, so there's all these cheats and things that happen with it. But anyway, all that said, in our in our modern world of shooting with these a antique replica kind of things, we're putting modern bullets into these guns, whether you're using a film you know, version of something or you're using this gun for leisure activity in your personal life. Like, they are taking modern things. So we've adjusted them to fit that bill. <clears throat> so I say all that to say that this armor, the situation, everything, she had ammo. You can go get it any store and put into this replica gun that's been modified for this thing. So that's already alarming of like, why kind of to Chris's question, like it shouldn't have never even been there. It was in her fanny pack. It was on a Rubbermaid cart. It was on the floor of the truck. <laughs> it was, it was insane. You just don't see something like that. I mean, there's just zero reason in, in the living universe a live round should be within a quarter mile anywhere <laughs> within that you know and, just, and i couldn't I, find anything that was talking about how if they were locking up guns at night or anything this is a nor another normal thing is that there's a safe on a prop trailer and that is where ammo and guns are stored separately uh you know you don't leave anything loaded uh even with our our movie rounds you know things like that everything is cleaned and cleared at the end of the night this, this is all normal so just in this beginning kind of like stuff, just the surface, you know, kind of stuff that, that was made public, it is very alarming. You find out the girl in question, Hannah uh, Gutierrez-Reed, she is the daughter of a famous gunslinger, you could say, uh, this guy Thel Reed. And he's done, he's, he's done some big movies. Uh, he, he helped like Russell Crowe, 310 to Yuma. He did Brad Pitt uh, for something. Jesse but, James or something? Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, he's, he's kind of like, for, for a hot minute, for you know several years, he was the guy that you went to when uh, you needed to get an actor to be twirling and getting fancy with their guns and like Western-style stuff. And who, who is his daughter? or The Brad? armor. The, is, the armor, is, not, okay. So 
you know, this is pure speculation on my part, but, uh, you know, she probably was kind of getting some, like, hey, they'll read my dad, you know, kind of thing. Or maybe he even helped her get her first job. Sure. This is her second job ever, uh, as far as, like, anything I could tell. And apparently the, the show that she had done before this one, there were issues. Nicolas Cage walked off set because the gun went off before it should have or anything like that. And there's a lot of just kind of safety stuff you get into with her and everything. And if you get Nick Cage to walk off set, and bro, you know you've done something. <laughs> which, which is, you know, that's another good thing to bring up. Nicolas Cage is a gun guy. You yeah. know, uh, Val Kilmer was a gun guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Alec Baldwin is not a gun guy. Like, yeah, he's had guns on shows before and everything like that. But, you know, <clears throat> I can't think of a single movie where Alec Baldwin was like guns a-blazing, guns a-kimbo, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Mm. Um, he shot that poor cook in Hunt for Red October. Oh, God, you're right. He did. He did. <sighs> you. That poor, poor KGB cook, cook who's going to sabotage the world. Wasn't he the first <laughs> incarnation of Jack Ryan? Isn't that? I think so. Yeah. Before... <laughs> Before 14 other Jack Ryans came around. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. um, anyway. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, I I don't want to, because there's still kind of legal stuff pressing and everything. I I actually feel really bad for Hannah because she she had no business doing that job, I think is, is kind of something that a lot of people would agree with. But also, you got to kind of put a little bit of a shoulder of blame on the producers who do the hiring because what, who, you know, why'd you hire this girl with no experience and all this thing, you know? So there's, there's culpability that goes well beyond what kind of was in the news. Talking about the first AD, talking about the armor being the kind of focal points of it, but there's definitely a lot of culpability to go around. And that's something that's really strange in the low budget world because a lot of those shows are like little engine that could shows they have, there's a lot of incentives in place that are, to help protect the crew from getting abused on these little shows. So like, for example, triple overtime exists on, uh, on low budget. Mm. Um, I've only gotten to experience that once. It's pretty insane, but, but those things are there so that you don't over abuse the crew and everything. But apparently what was going on in this particular show is they had all kinds of other issues going on. So, uh, the camera department had apparently walked off set uh, after complaining for multiple things ahead of it, and this is right before the incident. This is maybe the day before. So six camera department people, union people, leave. A non-union group of camera people replace them. This is the day of the shooting. So oh I think you already have some confusion and weird, you know, going on. Yeah. Um, it's a hell of a first day. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's like... So... One thing that I, I mean that I was thinking about, I, I feel like we should talk about what the normal protocols are and yes. normally what you know we would do. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, Chris, if actually, if you want to kind of start off with that, I had us starting with uh, the call sheet itself, what the ADs put onto the call sheet. Well, what is the call sheet? We should probably say what that is too, but in preparation for the day of the firearm same thing for a stunt same thing for a special effect you know but that's the initial kind of heads up to the general crew right yeah uh, um i mean there, there's all kinds of safety bulletins that that you know you put on in firearms and gunfire and all that is certainly one of them so that safety bulletin will get put on 
Uh, the, and you'll get memos with the call sheet too. Go yeah. For arms and guns and heat and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all the stuff and, and weather <laughs> and all of the dangerous con- conditions that might exist, you know, on a film set that day. That all gets put on the call sheet um, and all that stuff. Um, so the call sheet is basically just the day's events, what scenes you're shooting. It has all the information that that you need on there. What actors are in that? What day in the script it's supposed to be? The call sheet is the thing that on set somebody goes, "What's happening today?" And you could say, "It's on the call sheet." Like well, that could literally be. Which I know, I know that's like you chuckle as like you've heard ads <laughs> a trillion a million times. times yeah, yeah. But it is the Bible. Yeah, for the day for for, mm-hmm. for the day, and it's presumably a a film professional in any department can can get presented a call sheet. And then they will know what we're what you're doing that day and what they will need to do. All the who's and the what's and the where's and the when's and the why's. And all the stuff. And it goes through each department of, of what's expected for each scene right. during the day. Um, it's definitely more useful for some departments versus others. Like Total. Sure. Yeah, like, like G&E isn't going to look at it near as much as, say, props and costumes would. But for any ADs out there listening, um, including the two in the room, I'm a huge fan of Easter eggs in call sheets. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, okay. Love it. All right, I'll be sure. Shout out James Rock. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, um, I'm looking forward to that. James Rock. Yeah, I know. I get to work with him soon. Yeah. But yeah, the call sheet is the Bible. That's a good way of putting it. It's everything that is for the day. The one mystery that might still exist, which a lot of times the ADs don't even get clued into, is what the actual shot list is and what the sure you know that's a sometimes that's a well-kept guarded secret between the dp and the director and no one else yes sometimes they keep that secret between each other (laughs) right 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 (laughs) shiver (laughs) um so uh so with the call sheet having uh, uh, safety related uh notices on there for the day that you're going to be shooting so what happens uh, the day of when we're coming in? You're going to have safety meetings up the wazoo, and especially on a show like this. You're, you better be having them every single day. You better be having them. I mean, it's not just you, you, you never let. You have horses. You, you have, have stunts. Horses. You have stunts. Yeah. You're out in the desert. You have snakes. You have animals. You yep. have weather. Yep. You have all those things. And I was just scanning. I think that you put the, some of the safety notes on here. I did. You? And it seems like he was doing the daily reminder stuff. And again, I, I want to be careful because I don't know, you know, it seems like he had a safety meeting and I don't know. I mean, there's, I did hear that there were pretty solid around the, the world kind of complaints that they weren't happening enough or they mm-hmm. weren't informative enough. But the first AD is going to get to a set, and if, especially if there's weapons. I mean, especially you hold a safety meeting when you get to work, if you're on stage and that egg fire exits over there. Our fire lane is clear. ADs and PAs. When you walk, it's it just as rudimentary as shooting on a set on a set on a stage. All the department heads and anyone else that wants to listen are there. And you and and every day you walk in and one of those either your key PA or your ADs or yourself or locations team effort. You're walking the fire lane. You're making sure if the like you're thinking about if right now us sitting in this room if the lights turned off. You know, you're thinking about like how you wouldn't trip and fall and hurt yourself if the lights went off and the fire alarm went off or and we had to exit the building. And that's something you need to walk people through. And that is that is a legal measure. I mean, safety first, safety always. But the legality of that is those words better come out of your mouth. And I see in these notes here, too, is like, you know, sometimes second second is filming the first AD. I remember uh, 
uh, Eric Hayes. We got to get him in every episode. <laughs> we but it was we were on the quota we were on the best of me thing, and it was we were working on the train oh, tracks, and it was right after the speaking of trauma. Nikki Spanks. It, it was after the, <laughs> and it was after um, Sarah Jones. Yeah. Sarah Jones. Oh had, yeah. Then yeah, there yeah. was the thing, and she'd gotten hit by the train or, or mm-hmm. killed, and um, and he was going on and on about the train safety and stuff, and you know, blah blah blah. So um, you're doing that no matter what, all the time. You know, hold a safety meeting every 20 minutes. It's welcome. It should happen. Something like this, too. It sounds like they're doing a very complex shot. So it's like, you know, if you, you do a safety meeting for this shot and if it's necessary to do it for the next setup, everybody sh- shut the fuck up and yeah. get over here and listen to me. And I will prattle on for 30 minutes if I want to, if that's what's necessary to get that information out. And it sounds like there were complaints and then there were a lot of failure. And, and, and was that kind of the reason some of the camera people... Walk yes. To. So there were, apparently there was a few previous. In, apparently there was a gun incident uh, that happened days before where a gun had gone off on the set. Yeah. Apparently she used a full load uh, in a gun around horses. You're never supposed to do more than quarter because uh, that's considered animal cruelty. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I don't. She probably didn't even know any of that. And. That's again where it's like I hate to get defensive of her because she made a lot of mistakes that I think are pretty apparent. But she should never have been hired to do that job. I mean, that's I mean, especially westerns. Like any any kind of western or like nineteenth century period thing I've ever done. The people that come in on those things are like seasoned veteran people. Like the horse animal wrangler is the guy that's been doing it for 30 years kind of thing. Came know, down like, from Montana. Right. His <laughs> right. Ranch. Exactly. Sure. I mean, it sounds like, you know, she's the what daughter of this gun slinging uh, guy who's been around the block. So it sounds like she probably doesn't know a lot about weaponry and guns, but maybe not how we do it in film. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, right. Like, the safety protocols and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can shoot a gun all day and know about all the tricks and the thing and the yeah. thing that goes in and where you spoil. I don't know. Any- <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. Like, like the I, lime and the coconut. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And kind of getting to um, after uh, our safety meetings, which, you know, uh, this is something we all get to see that that people watching movies don't know: stunts, explosions, uh, complicated gunfights, things like that. The lead up before we actually shoot them is possibly the most boring thing you can do on a film set, because <laughs> Long, you, pro, most protracted <laughs> processes. Yeah. Because you you want to make sure you get it right. You want to make sure that everything's in place, and you want you want to triple check all your things. You know, all your wires, all your whatevers. And um, so, you know, hey, once this building blows, it's the only chance we get. You can't put the building back together. So, but the lead up to it. You could. It would take you a while. Well, yeah, it would take you a while. <laughs> you just get some yeah. duct tape and, uh, well, butyl. Butyl would be what we would yeah. use. Yeah. Lots of butyl. But, yeah, it, it's it's a very boring thing. And stunts, uh, I, I get so, like, I get sleepy on stunt days because there's so much like angles and action and you know rehearsal to it and but once you get to see the final cut you know as an audience member you're like oh that was awesome but yeah they don't have to sit through all the pain of uh <laughs> what we do so getting into uh the rehearsal uh speaking of so normally when um let's let's put the scenario kind of what the scenario is you have one actor one gun um, and he is uh, pointing the gun in the direction of camera. 
the general direction of camera. We, we typically will cheat to one side of camera, but for the magic of filmmaking, it still looks like he's pointing at camera. So that's another safety thing we typically do. But when you're ready to rehearse, what would be the normal thing for, how are you calling people in as ADs? How are you calling people in and how are you calling for, say, the weapon or what's needed? Take it away, crew. <laughs> you got this. You got this. <laughs> nice pass, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's AD material right yeah, here. I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> season yeah. pro. That was really nice pass in the book. Oh, um, but I mean, you know, you you go to the props department and the armor, assuming that it's a big budget show and there's lots of gunfire and stuff like that. You'll have an armor. Um, and you say, okay, guys, it's the scene's up. It's time to check the weapons. And so what that means is that. you'll actually check that these weapons do not have live rounds in them at all. Yeah. And that everything that is, that is involved in going in the gun is safe and anybody can come and see and check this out and watch. Usually who it is, is um, the AD themselves, usually the first AD. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're super busy and it'll be the second, second. Um, The camera operators, because oftentimes a gun is pointed directly at a camera operator and then the actors themselves, if they are interested, stunts and key grip often. Yeah, and and then yeah, and then everybody's. And then really it. anyone who who wants to see it can come see these things. And the more complex it is too, don't you? In your experience, and then I think I've I've even like seen you, Jed. Mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes it's like if there's a rifle and there's two pistols and there's a some kind of Gatling gun or something, we're gonna do full on presentations of each of those. Oh, yeah. things oh, yeah. involved. Yep. This is how this works. This is what's going on. And then I think in the presentation too, it's like leading, and then all the way leading up to it too. It's like props is as you, as you guys are handing the guns off to the actors or anything. You're if it's a six shooter, you're going one, two, three, four, five, six, firing blankly into mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. uh, and going. Do you see? And then that's a dry fire. Is dry fire. Mm-hmm. And then and then we're shown a lot of times too is like the flashlight in the barrel, so yep. the the clip is out. Yep. And so we're visually looking to see if there's light coming through that barrel to make sure there's, there's whether it's plugged there. or not. Yep. yep. And that's yep. presented to everybody. And Yeah. Yeah, we won't get into plug block barrels and all that. That's a whole other <laughs> can of worms. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. And basically for, for me, bringing the weapon, you know, I have it safely in my hands ready to show anybody that wants to look. I have my flashlight ready. The gun is already open um, so you can go through the mechanics. Um, I remember standing, uh, classic me, standing behind the first AD who's barking out at stuff and then into the radio, they're barking like, I thought I asked for props to bring the gun. I'm like, right behind you. And then he turns around and he's like, like, you know, he has to kind of fess up to the fact that he was just barking for me and I'm behind him. But then he loved to do that. I didn't even I know, I know. <laughs> well, he, uh, then he delivers the classic line. Why don't you be closer next time? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I hate that line. I think what, what I use it all the time. I'm going to start getting like, I'm going to just put my chin on their shoulder and just should. very, very slowly just take a big. Next time we're together, you should do that. And then I'll go, oh, I missed your smell. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling HR right now. <laughs> so, There's no one in that office. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not really an office. It's yeah. actually just a cardboard box. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. how's, how's this? Is that good? Yeah. There we go. Uh, okay. 
whenever, whenever I'm ready? Okay, here we go. Uh, hey everybody, it's Joe. I wanted to tell you about an awesome deal from SoundHard. Whether you are a film or television professional, a podcaster, content creator, musician, studio engineer, or even just a guy like me that doesn't know where to begin, SoundHard offers a wide range of equipment to handle any size production or budget with expert advice available from an experienced team that works in the field. And now SoundHard is offering new customers 25% off your first rental. Just enter promo code FILMFOLK25, that's F-I-L-M-F-O-L-K, Two five no spaces at checkout. Terms apply. Go to soundhard.com for details. You know, then you the first person you show is the first AD. That's the first person that you clear the gun with, um, and then from there it's open for the crew to see. And then the last person you're showing is the actor that you're going to be handing it to. And uh, I'm fine showing it to the whole crew. I will uh, keep them nameless, but there is a certain camera assistant that we all know that obnoxiously asks for their own weapons clearing after I've already shown it twice, and they are nowhere near camera. They are never near the shot and don't really technically need to see it. But anyway, um, but I'll show it again. It's fine. I just cleared it with like 15 people, but that's fine. So it gets annoying for sure, but we also, in the name of safety, keep doing it. And then uh, the last lease you get to the actor and you clear it with the actor, and then you are announcing that the weapons, uh, this is when you're ready to shoot, but uh, I should, before I say that, for the rehearsal, you, as you're handing it off, you're announcing it's a cold weapon. You know, the gun is empty, there's nothing in the weapon. You might put dummy rounds in there if it is for the purpose that maybe in the shot they're supposed to empty the the gun to some degree so you want them to be able to rehearse that so you would have these dummy rounds that are just nothing they're just pieces of metal and then when you are ready to go it's the same thing you're there with the actor you're announcing that the weapon is going hot um, you're announcing how many loads you're putting in so let's say it's uh, weapons going hot four loads uh, half loads and then uh, you'll hear a chorus of repetition all around you um, with the ADs and the PAs kind of barking it out everywhere so everyone hears. And then you're handing it off to the actor to do the scene. And then, and then also we're handing out ear protection. Oh, yeah, Props ear protection. Ear yep. protection and eye protection for whoever wants it on the crew yep. while all this is happening. Glad you said that, uh, eyes and ears. And then in some cases even a face shield uh, yep. depending on the situation for the camera operator yep. for other things. But then as soon as they say cut, you got to be Johnny on the spot to grab that gun as quick as possible from the actor. Not that you don't, it's not a lack of trust to the actor. It's just, again, in the name of safety. Well, don't, mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you don't but want yeah, an actor. We'll, we'll go doing with safety. <laughs> there's, actually, but yeah, yeah. there's actually a story. An all encompassing term. Yeah. Someone will have to go look this up, but there was a soap opera actor that uh, was left with a gun in his hand after they weren't shooting and. Apparently, it still had a load in it, and he jokingly put it up to his temple. And even though there wasn't a projectile, because of the proximity to yep. his uh, head, it was enough pressure from the emission of the gunpowder yep. in the gun Just the to, gas, to yeah. break yeah. his temple of his head. And I believe he had internal bleeding and died, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yep. 
Darwin Award winner. Yeah, you know, that is very Darwin. <laughs> yeah, people like to goof. I get it. Yeah. Goofing is fun. Yeah, that and, is true. And playing, yeah. you know, with toys is fun, but also, I don't know. Well, a gun, a gun. Uh, whether it, I, if I, I can know full well that it doesn't have bullets in it, and yeah. I, I, I'm the one who showed it and just cleared it. It's still just like There's I don't want that thing pointed at me. Yeah. I don't want anything. It's, it's heavy. It's yeah. like it's a death machine. And, and, yeah, and that's, and that's like the thing about it too. So everybody that that is not uh, that doesn't know Jed and Zoe here, they're hilarious people. They're very funny, um, but like. That's the kind of the one thing that like all the people are just very serious about mm-hmm. uh, are the weapons because they're yeah. scary and they can literally kill you. And so it's another thing that like I just don't understand at all about the rust incident is that like I just don't like it's so serious. It's the it's the most serious thing on set usually is mm-hmm. when you're handling and dealing with the weapons. Yeah. And we we treat them real like the the last show I'm doing is a big 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 gun heavy show lots of rifles they're all replicas like they can't even have bullets or anything in them mm. and we always yeah keep we keep these one locked up with someone always with them yep yeah. that's, that's and, and it gets a little boring and a little repetitive but sure. it's like Meh. yeah yeah imperial guard great yeah, yeah. this you, is the job garden nobody, of nobody gets shot big gun yeah, yeah. nobody gets yeah. shot for yeah. starters, nobody gets shot. Yeah. But, but it, and it's also like a thing, like since Rust, like I haven't worked on anything that's actually had, I don't even think we've done any quarter loads, half loads. I, I think it's all been CGI muscle, muzzle flashes. Yep. Since yeah. Rust Airsoft. for me. And Airsoft. Yeah. Airsoft. Yeah. Airsoft. 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 Yeah. Since Rust, anytime there has been uh, any gun in the script or on set, it's Rust. It Rust is mentioned. Yeah. People, Rust got, is mentioned. people got very um, uh, nervous um, after the incident. And so you could feel it on other shows that you were on at yeah. the time. That, um, Big time. And for example, that very talented camera person i'll keep their name out of it but um they were part of the people that really wanted to like over push the safety thing and it's like you know i think for for prop people uh the weapons armory world we all kind of took it a little personal where it's like hey you know i i I wasn't on rust i still do my (laughs) job and yeah i'm gonna show you guys you know everything's gonna happen but either a calm down or Please come for the first time I show it, not the fourth time. Anywho's, um, just to prove a point. Yeah, 100%, Chris. Um, <laughs> Chris just guessed who it was. Yes. Um, for those of you, yeah, out in Radio Land, I just guessed who yeah. it was, and got it. Boy, it tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tracks okay. well. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, I thought about dropping a clue, and I'm like, no, it'd be too obvious. Anyway, yeah. All right, so uh, Zoe and Chris made uh, both made very good points. Another thing uh, worth bringing up is when the weapons are not locked away, when we have them at set and they're not locked away, say in a cart that is a lockable cart, and maybe you have them on top of the cart ready to use or whatever. Someone is constantly there with them. It, it's a uh, um, sometimes referred to as a fire watch. Well, I guess that's more when we go to lunch, but but someone is constantly there with them. They're never unattended at any point. So if they're not locked away, they're not unattended. There's You might have the the very boring babysitting job. Uh, we've all been there, but um, but you also get paid at the end of the day. That's why I have Oh, man, give me the babysitting yeah. job. That's great. Yeah. Oh, cool. the other fun I thing. I get to sit with this gun that doesn't even work. Yeah. The, the other thing that's <laughs> yeah. fun. Great. The other thing that's fun is when someone asks you for something, you go, I would, but 
I can't leave the I car. I can't do it. <laughs> Safety. I'm being like really. Oh, sorry. that looks heavy too. <laughs> uh. If you go by crafty, yeah. grab me something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, coffee. Give me a coffee. Oh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. And then the other thing that uh, Chris had mentioned too that's uh that's definitely worth uh bringing up is uh the VFX world. It is steadily catching up, and I think most of the gun people and everything welcome the vfx i don't think anyone's like hell bent on like no it needs to be you know um loads instead but mm. i i i do think that i think most people would agree that vfx isn't quite there as far as the look like it's still you're talking about like recoil in the hand right the you don't get the recoil which justin mentioned the airsofts that's a way that we've learned to counter or not counter, to recreate a recoil effect for an actor um, so that they don't do like spaghetti noodle arm when they're firing. Um, uh, but you're still talking about a VFX effect for the muzzle flash. And it looks good. It's just not quite there. And then the, the main reason I wanted to uh, put emphasis on it is that it's also very expensive, VFX. So again, you get back to the low budget world. They typically don't have money for all this VFX stuff. So that goes back to, again, now you're back to using film loads again. Mm. So getting into our, our two core players, Dave Halls was the first AD on it. And I had found a thing uh, from the DGA that said that he wasn't in the DGA. Maybe this was not a DGA show. Um, I guess probably wasn't a DGA show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard mixed things online about his character and his... Um, Apparently there were some complaints from some past shows, but nothing really, you know, also a lot of people came to his defense. So it's hard to say, you know, from our perspective about the guy himself, but there's also a little bit of confusion when it comes to what happened, the moments leading into the rehearsal. There are mixed reports about, uh, I believe they'd come back from lunch and they were going into rehearsal. And I believe a very groggy time period of, of the day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Did they serve a barbecue that day? Because that's never a good, mm-hmm. day, especially if it's never. hot. Yeah. yeah. It was a very sluggish second yeah. half of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then AD curses the, the whole day when they're like, hey, we were making really great time today. Then barbecue yeah, lunch happens. Yeah. Lasagna yeah. and barbecue. The whole crew has the itis. Yep. So <laughs> most reports have Mr. Hall's grabbing the gun from the cart. And taking it in himself, no. declaring it a cold weapon, handing it off to Baldwin. Now that I don't. But there's also other versions where <laughs> Hannah was at the cart. There's other versions where she wasn't at the cart, and that's why he grabbed the gun off. There's versions where she handed the gun to Halls, who took it in, which is still wrong. So there's, so in the midst of how the gun enters into this, it was a church, it was the set. That's no matter which version you look at or what you believe, it's all wrong. Like, w- if the armor's not there, it's wrong. If the armor's handing off a gun to the first AD to give to the actor, it's wrong. Yeah. If the first AD is grabbing a gun off of a cart and running it in themselves, that's wrong. So- yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, why, is <laughs> why isn't the armorer or the props person handing off this gun? Why is it the, the, first, a- the first AD handed this actor the gun? If, if, if that, that happened, that should not, that should not have happened. Yeah. Not have happened. Right. I mean, that just If that's what happened. So then you get into, well, uh, not knowing exactly what the truth is there. Um, 
because that's another thing, accounts kind of changed once some court stuff started happening. So some stories varied a little bit. But in any of the scenarios that are all wrong, you also get into this mysterious, so how did the gun, what state was this gun in when it arrived to set and was handed to Baldwin, who I go back to is not a gun guy. Now, you could make the argument that he should have insisted on, on you know, clear this weapon for me before we, and I'm sure he will the rest of his life. Excuse me. But he he's just not that type of actor. He doesn't, he doesn't think like that. Like just in my experience with actors in general, like you can tell who your seasoned veteran gun people are. and who. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm some huge Alec Baldwin fan or that I'm coming to his defense, but the getaway, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of don't blame the dude. He was handed, he was handed a gun. Yeah. No, actors are never around for the safety meeting. When have you ever seen an actor for a safety meeting? Almost never. Unless yeah. you've required the ADs have been like, n- no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're in the middle of one and an actor's yeah. coming up or whatever. But actors aren't really a part of that. They're there to act and everyone else around them is supposed to do all the safety, yeah. all the safety fun stuff. Not saying that they shouldn't be safe or shouldn't be asking these questions or blah, 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 blah. But... 99% of the time. That's the way that Yeah. Who... I don't know. I think about it. If I was Alec Baldwin and was handed a gun, point it here, I, I probably, I probably wouldn't have thought yeah. twice about it. I wouldn't I, have if thought I, twice. If I, I probably actor, wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. I you know, those little moments you do, just a little muscle move. Yeah. Being the ultimate thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He like, was. Like you go to scratch your eyebrow. Yeah. And whoops. Boom. Like, yeah. And it kind of is what it is i'm with so, you there. i don't know uh, yeah i agree ha- has anybody yeah. ever accidentally discharged a firearm no no nope. okay mm. it's very easy i've, I've really? done it no but I've, i was always taught though like you don't like you keep your finger out and yeah you don't put your finger towards yeah. the trigger unless yes we're, we're taught to ready. keep our it's same thing with military and police and everything <laughs> yeah but we're taught to keep our finger uh basically flat on the side of the weapon um away from the trigger guard yeah everything. yeah which i i personally didn't know until i went out independently to like shoot guns i never grew up around guns nothing like that and i, sh- I should be comfortable around guns i should know uh mm-hmm. you know how to handle yes. a weapon mm-hmm. um it was years ago and I, I found that i was like oh okay got it don't put your finger on the trigger. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. I mean, in, in the South, we're just born knowing about guns. Am I right? I mean, that's just. <laughs> I've, I've shot two people today. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't deserve it. For the, <laughs> for the record, they did not deserve it. Yeah. Don't even know why I did it. Yeah. Just. Just cause I am. How, wait, but Justin, how easy is it? So have you, you've done it? And it I have, I have. Yeah. Was it um, on a gun range or just no, in there? No, no, no. It was, it was in a house. Um, and oh my God. Yeah. I was, I was with a, a friend, uh, a friend's mom and we were, we were cleaning up a house because the friend had left town. Let's just say. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so we were cleaning the house, and I and I found this shotgun, and so I picked it up, and I'm holding it. Hand wasn't even near the trigger. Oh um, boy! And I ah. sat it, I sat it down on my lap, and yeah. it goes off. Wow! Um, and it, the trigger had just barely touched my thigh. 
with the trigger. I mean, there's a trigger guard and everything. Oh, yeah. But it was yeah, just yeah. kind of vesting side. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I guess, you know, like just oh, some boy. skin came up into the into the guard and just 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 that much of a tap. Yeah, wow. Just went off. Oh. Blew, blew a hole in the house. Oops. Sure did. Yeah. Wow. Well, luckily, nobody was hurt. But everybody well, said, I didn't know. I don't know. I, it did what it, I, I, luckily, it, it did I did know job. not to point it at anything or anyone sure, while yeah. I was messing with it. But yeah. Sure, that's the thing, because I hear that story, and I feel like I've heard that story before. And in my head, if I'm holding a gun and I put it down too forcefully or something like that, it's going to go off. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. You know? So you're conscious about yeah. how you're holding it. Yeah. If I'm if I'm not very 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 absolutely sure that that gun is completely empty, then wait, wait. I'm then no, I'm not. You know. Which again, you know, this gun should have entered set open where the drum that holds the six rounds, uh, you know, in a revolver, that it is open, swung open, and it's showing that it's empty. And I mean, leave it open. Yeah. Easiest gun to clear, by the way. Sure. Um, oh, it was a revolver. Yeah, it's this a, gun? like an old six shooter, like a western. Um, so, um, <laughs> Sorry. when you, it's just funny. Like, yeah, that's very easy to yeah oh. just look at. Right. So, like, it should have entered set open. I mean, that's yeah. another thing that, like, oh, you know, and and you know, we want to be trusting. I think that's another thing that that was not a situation where you have seasoned professionals doing these things you're in low budget world and another thing i think we might have mentioned this when we were talking on the phone mm. but this was happening at a time that we were really busy coming out of our covid shutdown world and so when things are very busy in the industry it's even harder to get good workers on low budget because anyone sure. that's on the fence of that is going to probably get scooped up by something bigger which is better pay yeah so that's probably another reason that led to some of the people in the positions on a show like this. I mean, again, you get back to the hiring, uh, you know, once again. Uh, but anyway, I have some things on here that is the uh, FBI stuff made public that's showing some of the text exchanges. And I'm not going to knock David Halls for this because he's certainly not the only first AD I've heard this kind of language from. But I cringe when I hear a lot of these things. Um, morning, AD team of awesome. <laughs> I hate them already. Yeah, right. Uh, let's do a safety meeting this morning since we have stunts and we move. Let's have a rockin' day. Um, so there's other text messages to uh, David that are clearly showing that they're not having the daily safety meetings and that producers or the director are requesting them. And a show like this probably, you know, uh, for a first AD, that is an incredibly difficult job on any show. And keeping pace uh, with your schedule, making your day, you know, getting all your shots in, all of that. you got a million things on your plate in your head. And this guy might have had all the best intentions. I mean, certainly in his text messages, sounds like he's quite the go-getter. But it's, uh, it, you know, probably in that moment he was, you know, coming back from lunch and it's just like, oh my God, let's just get this going, you know, kind of thing. Maybe he did rush in with a gun or something. But it doesn't, mean you can't skip the protocol can't well but it's such an unfluent uh, unfortunate confluence of sh shit all happening at the same time you know mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like it it is a thing where like um this sounds like the wild west no pun intended wah, wah. Mm -hmm. but like you you're right everybody good was probably gob gobbled up this person was very new but like this sounds it is just the wild west man it just sounded like every single 
safety protocol that is just like that is rigid it's the it's the most rigid thing on a film set it needs to be a hundred percent um it was not a hundred percent was just ignored it's not even like not a hundred percent but i mean not even close yeah. to the standard right. um which is why i just none of it makes sense the whole thing yeah. still <laughs> doesn't just, make any sense to me well that's it. so have they come to some kind of conclusion on this whole thing um well i Apparently, um, Ms. Gutierrez-Reed um, is still um, going through her legal stuff. I believe charges were dropped against uh, Mr. Baldwin. Um, one of the footnotes I was going to um, bring up, uh, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. When they decided that they were going to finish this movie, the widower, widower, yes, the widower um, uh, of excuse me, the DP, um, he was named executive producer on the show. And then he is apparently a part of finishing the show. That all is very strange. Like super weird. That is super weird. I, was I would have been like, yeah, done, done with this industry. No was he, was he in film prior Not or this is the I kind of thing tell. where this happened? Hey man, we'll throw you a producer credit and throw you some cash it, it, uh, so that we can make we can finish this or whatever you know kind of thing this is like all bit. speculation on my end but like it, maybe it was a situation where like hey in lieu of suing us you know we'll give you 15 percent of the any profits that this that's what i was thinking yeah, yeah. And, then, and then also yeah. and, then, and then maybe i mean maybe he genuinely was just kind of like in memory of his wife he right just, he um you know realized maybe, finishing maybe, that was yeah, maybe you know, and maybe she was proud of it, and and it's in her memory that he's doing this. Yeah, yeah, it could certainly right. go. Yeah, I so I don't I don't fault the guy for very tough to be involved you know. in it, that. It's in certainly that an abnormal yeah. situation. I'm kind of with Chris that maybe they, maybe they were like, hey, look, we got to be straight with you. We don't have money, but if we finish this movie, we might have sure. some money. So why don't we get you on? Give you a little percentage. Um, you know, set up a trust fund for your kid, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That kind of makes sense because trying to wrap your head around it in a different way, it makes the uh, husband look worse. So you kind of want it to be more of this nature. Yeah. Right. Very odd move, though. I don't know if I've ever seen something like that. No, I, I mean, I, you know, the bad publicity is, you know, it's not great, but it's, I mean, I imagine people are going to go see this film because of it. You know, so there's, you know, it's, it's not a stupid move. It's probably going to make a ton of money off of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Would I have ever seen Rust before? No. Mm -hmm. Will I? <laughs> will I now? Will I watch it out of curiosity? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, shamefully. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure you're in the theater so when that church scene comes up, you go, oh, this is it. Hey, this is the scene. And then you're the obnoxious person in the theater. It's yeah. creepy, man. Yeah. yeah, people will love that. That'll yeah. be really uh, yeah. couth of me. I'm a real classy broad. I need to. Trigger warning. Oh, this is the boom okay. boom. This is the bang bang. This is it. Right at boom boom bang bang. Oh, my gosh. Um, special place. Cut that. Home. Cut that. <laughs> All that, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> Keep it in. Thank you so much. Um, so I, I think we've kind of like covered, you know, Hannah enough. I mean, her, 
I, I, I left out Johnny Ringo uh, Tombstone. That was another one her dad had done. Michael Bean was trained by Phil Reed. I left that one out. Um, so it, getting past them and kind of like trying to figure out a way to kind of wrap this up, because of the mixed stories, because of uh, a lot of uh, weird he said, she said sort of situations, it's hard to kind of get to the bottom of what exactly happened. But we do know enough to know that not just one thing went wrong, but multiple things went wrong. And it takes multiple things going wrong to have a tragedy of this level happen. Mm. And that's why we have all these safety protocols in place. And it's a very unfortunate thing. Uh, we had mentioned the um, Sarah, uh, Sarah Jones. Jones, thank you. Um, which was another very avoidable uh, thing. We don't have to get into all that, but That's a whole other episode. yeah, the the long short is that camera was set up on a train track at a train bridge, and um, there was a live it was a live train track, and a train came, and as everyone's scrambling to get off, she unfortunately was not able to and and passed. But and then those people have been prosecuted pretty fully to the law, by the way. The yes. I think the producer, mm-hmm. spouse, spouse producers both went to, or one said, "Don't, don't take my wife. I'll go to jail." Or something. I think something of that nature. Because that that was totally gross that. negligence. Yeah. Um, shout out Eric Hayes. He knew the first AD. Oh, did he? Oh, good. Yes, he did. And uh, let's see. That's oh. three Eric Hayes. Okay, we're good. Yep. Thirty Eric. Um, uh, should we actually tell him that we're doing this, or just let him organically find it? He'll find it. Yeah, he'll find it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Find it. Yep. Uncle Lee. Hey, love you. We're all available. Yeah, we're we're all very available. <laughs> um, so uh, before we close this out, um, final thoughts, and and then I have some random trivia that I was able to find uh, online also about this movie, but. Does anyone have anything final to say as far as like the Russ incident? Sorry to the victims. That's it. Just sucks. Yes. That's and the families and everything. That's just it. it period, period at the end of the sentence is this sucks. And it was a confluence of twenty five things that all plinkoed into a terrible, terrible okay. tragedy. Yeah. And you know who knows if we'll ever know what actually happened. But I think it just I, heart goes out to them. Big time. Anyone else? Yeah. I thought it was well said. That was well said. Very well said. I don't want to say anything anymore. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm fucking it up. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm fucking it up right now. You are. You're <laughs> swearing a lot. I know. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. Uh, it's fucked up. Not me. Yeah. Fuck. I don't say swear words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a classy I'm bro. A classy I'm a classy bro. bro. I ain't <laughs> him swear words. Yeah. I, I always thought it was weird that Zoe just says the word swear in place of. She just goes, swear! <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> what the Swear. Yeah. Yeah. That's swear weird. to G. <laughs> Insert swear word here. <laughs> um, so uh, here's some random trivia uh, I had found uh, while looking up a lot of this stuff. So there was a spider bite incident on set. Uh, this is weeks after the shooting incident. A lamp, op- uh, or the lamp operator, and pipe rigger, his name was Jason Miller, was bitten in the arm by a brown recluse spider, which sucks. We have this here. Yeah. Um, while closing the set, Miller suffered necrosis and sepsis. He was hospitalized and underwent multiple surgeries to avoid amputation of do his we arm. Know? Oh, his arm. I was going to say, do you know? I had a friend in high school that got bit on the calf. Ooh. And speaking of uh, terrible interviews, he was interviewed. The news came to our house. This is in Minnesota. And the bite had become so, and speaking of shotguns, it looked like he'd been shot in the meat of his calf by uh, a shotgun. 
by the necrosis that had happened and not to get too gross, but they literally, it came out like a plug of flesh oh, from weird. his calf and he st- still got it too. Oh, it that's just, that, that was the first. He's got a caved in It's calf. like, his, yeah, his calf looks like it's, there's like, and it's like, now it's, it's shrunk down a lot more. So it's kind of this like, it is kind of like a wine cork sized, looks like somebody had like a little like plug. That was yeah. from out. That was from when you bit him on the calf. That was yes, I became Sick irate. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. I am a brown recluse. I know. I know. Okay, good. Yeah, huh. yeah. So um, Russ just cursed all. Yes. All together, just a cursed. Yeah. Horrible curse. Curse production. Yeah. So the place that they were filming at uh, was the Bonanza Creek Movie Ranch in New Mexico, where numerous westerns have been filmed in the past, including. The Man from Laramie in 1955, The Legend of the Lone Ranger in 1981, Silverado Classic in 1985, Three Ten to Yuma, the 2007 one, and The Ballad like of movie. Buster Scruggs, 2018. Okay, yeah. wow. okay. Interestingly, the show Bonanza was not filmed at this place. The city that it's That's named Bonanza. for, Bonanza City, is now a ghost town. Uh, and I just thought this was kind of funny. It, the town was built in 1880, and it was abandoned pretty much by 1890. So the town lasted 10 years. The town sucked. <laughs> I was like, this, this town, town fucking sucks. This town sucked. Like was it on a, like a burial ground? I don't know if yeah. I can say the word. Like, like the full, Bonanza, like what a, kind of clown like a, name a, is that? A, a, <laughs> a sacred burial <laughs> This is how this weird. town's bonanzas. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, ghost town's a thing you hear all the time, but not a ten year like starting done. And just, yeah, easy come, easy apparently, go. Apparently, 1884 is where it started to go south. So the first three years must have been pretty all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the seven years after that that sucked. Anyway, R.I.P. to Bonanza City. Um, thanks everybody. We made it through. That was a tough one. Thank God we're not going to do this on a normal basis. But uh, I hope it was educational for everybody listening. And if you want to challenge things we said, because, whoa, I'm sure this is a fact-checking episode, um, you can email us at the filmfolklorepodcast at Um, gmail.com. You can leave uh, questions, thoughts, comments, uh, whatever you want. Uh, That's where you do it. And then also, um, now that we're starting to get some shows out, uh, please like us. uh, Give us a nice review. We love five stars. And don't forget to subscribe. And um, thanks, everybody. And who wants to take this out? Bye. Toodles. (laughs) All right. All right.